Hello, I'm Bill DeVille. Welcome to Music Heads, your weekly essential music digest. In this installment, I'll have a talk with Phil Cook of Megafauna about the music he's been digging in the guest list. For the essentials, I'm joined by afternoon host Mary Lucia, who will chat about one of her favorites from the band Spoon. Co-music director has the next big thing. She's all set to wax about Gautier. And in the music meeting, we'll break down the new album from Feist. It's all in this episode of Music Heads. But first, it's time for the music cast. Jill Riley is here. How are you doing, Jill? I'm doing all right. Here are the music news headlines for the week. Recently, Google announced that they'll be opening their own online music store that will work um, with their music beta service, which they launched back in May. The service will allow users to access their music libraries wirelessly from a variety of handheld devices. With Apple in the works on their own cloud service, cleverly titled iCloud, ah, you got to put brilliant. the I in yes. front of everything, yeah. the two companies are racing to release their respective services first, and it's looking like Apple is in the lead with their launch date projected for the end of October. Quite the competitive racket these days, huh? I guess so. Mm-hmm. In a BBC interview with Leonard Cohen's son, Adam Cohen, he revealed that he's been working with his father in a consultant capacity on a new project. While Adam has released his own LP, he says that his involvement in his father's music isn't necessarily from a musical standpoint, though he's enjoying working alongside him in a professional setting. Uh, While Leonard Cohen's label hasn't confirmed that there's actually an album that's going to happen, Mm -hmm. um, his son made it fairly clear that it should be expected. Um, the album, if it does come out, will be the first since Cohen's um, record from 2004, Dear Heather. I just hope Mr. Cohen has all of his financial difficulties all uh, figured out after he went on that last tour, and he, you know, he had to he had to put some cash in the bank because things uh-huh. didn't go well financially for a while. Or somebody kind of robbed him blind. Oh no, an old manager. So maybe that's why he's making another album. So. Right. So I just want to know what the consultant capacity. Yeah, what does like, that What mean? exactly does that mean? <laughs> it goes like this: the fourth. The fifth, the minor fall, the major lift, the baffled king composing, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Uh, The Black Keys released information last week regarding their new record, El Camino, due out December 6th. They made the announcement in the format of a phony car commercial starring former SNL cast member Bob Odenkirk, which you can check out on our blog at thecurrent.org. And the video is kind of funny because it's a used car lot Mm -hmm. and... But a minivan is featured, and it's like, uh, why, why didn't you find an El Camino? Like, that would be a little bit funnier, if you ask me. And more Maybe, fun. I, I didn't get the joke. I yeah. don't know. Uh, the record will contain 11 tracks, with the first single, Lonely Boy, releasing on October 26th. Uh, the album is co-produced by the Black Keys and Danger Mouse. I did hear the track the other day, and uh, oh, is it? I, I, it rocks. It's really good. Then again, just about everything they do, to me, is really good. To me. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to it.
Gibson Guitars is currently under investigation by the U.S. government for violating the recently implemented uh, Lacey Law, an environmental law that limits companies to imported goods from countries or regions that comply with U.S. environmental laws and standards. So it's kind of confusing unless you know a little bit about this uh, this area, but guitar heads might find this interesting. Uh, the investigation, their second in three years, is over their use of rosewood, an increasingly rare species of tree. Uh, Gibson imported from both Madagascar and Indiana, countries who do not comply with the Lacey Act. And they've already had over $500,000 worth of rosewood confiscated upon arrival to the U.S. And Gibson claims the whole thing to be a misunderstanding over tariff coding. So guitar heads will kind of get what I'm talking about there. And if you don't, maybe you learn something about what guitars are made out of and what they're not supposed to be made out of. Yeah, and if you don't have, own a Gibson, don't burn it just yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're not violating anything. <laughs> yeah. And finally, some sad news in the world of rock and roll. A very famous couple has split up. Kim Gordon and Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth have separated after 27 years of marriage. The couple has stated that they wish to protect their privacy regarding the matter. And they haven't released really any other information about their separation. Um, however, Matador Records have released that Sonic Youth's South American tour will continue with both Gordon and Moore participating. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, if Sonic Youth can continue on, a la Fleetwood Mac, or, right. or, or if, if that's it. Who knows what's going on, if this is a... A friendly split or an, an unfriendly split. But, well, the, but again, they're you know, not really saying too much about it. And they do have a child, so they no matter what goes down, they will have to see each other. So, right. Yeah. And after 27 years, who That's knows? That's a pretty good run, too. I guess so. Mm. In the world of rock and roll, anyway. Certainly. Um, so there you go. There are the music news headlines for the week. Thanks for dropping by, Jill. Sure. Stores this week. Chris Isaac's new album is Beyond the Sun. Also, new ones from class actress Judy Collins, I Break Horses. Jane's Addiction's new one is called The Great Escape Artist. First in a while from them. Kitty, Daisy, and Lewis with the new one. Hurry Up, We're Dreaming is the new M83 release. My Brightest Diamond with new material. Noah and the Megafauna. Noel Gallagher and his High Flying Birds album is out this week. Remember the time? Well, they're back with a name called The Original Seven. New album's called Condensate. And there's a new release from Real Estate. They're an indie rock band from Brooklyn. Album is called Days. I hear hints of psychedelia and surf rock in their sound. Here's a track called It's Real on Music Hats. is here with the next big thing. What you got today, Mel? Today, Bill, I have the next big thing to break out from Down Under. It's an artist from Australia called Gautier. Your heart's a mess. 
So tell us about Gautier then, no? Well, Gautier is actually a guy named Wouter, which is a Belgian name, Wouter Wally de Becker. Um, and he was originally born in Belgium. And he moved to Australia when he was like two, mm-hmm. um, two years old. And uh, his parents went ahead and uh, changed his name actually to Walter. So he went by Wally when he was a little boy. Because <laughs> I guess Wouter is a little heavy for a two-year-old. Yeah, especially in Australia, probably. Huh? Yeah, probably, where they're a little, a little lax down there. Yeah. But he, from early on, he showed a real big passion for music, learning all kinds of instruments as a child, especially the drums most notably loved music was a huge fan of Depeche Mode Kate Bush which you definitely hear in his music yeah, it has kind of an 80s feel much of it from what I what I gathered but in a good way mm-hmm. like it, it could be 80s in a bad way for sure but it's yeah. it, it's 80s in a good way he's got good roots from um, from that era but so he when he got older um, he started to make his own music as a he, he played in bands when he was a teenager just like a lot of musicians do but but when he got older back in 2001 he started started writing his own music and he started putting out his own little EPs and uh, started to get a lot of attention for it. He went ahead and decided to name himself Gautier, his project Gautier, because I guess Wouter translates in French as Gautier and his mother used to call him Gautier as a pet name, I guess, like it's a little family thing. But he went ahead and chose his own spelling of the name and changed it to G-O-T-Y-E, so it's a little bit more rock and roll than like Gautier. started releasing these little EPs, handwritten EPs, um, that he'd send around to radio stations in Australia, and Triple J, which is like a big radio station, um, and Down Under took notice. And Triple J is kind of the forerunner when it comes to being the tastemaker in the music right. industry mm-hmm. um, down in Australia. So it was a big deal that they picked him up and started playing his music. And soon he took all these little EPs and he put out an album independently. He's put out three albums, actually, all independently on his own. And he released his first one called Board Face back in 2003. And it, it just started to catch like wildfire. Um, he went ahead and uh, put out a second album called Like Drawing Blood, which was featured by Triple J back in 2006 and uh, noted as the number one album by the listeners poll for the radio station it went number one is the best album well, that's of 2006. Praise. It yeah. is. It's huge. And uh, and and for somebody who's releasing stuff independently on their own, mm-hmm. and he's a multi-instrumentalist, like doing everything on his own, it's amazing that he got that far, just doing everything like as a one-man machine, basically. So so the uh, album was also nominated for a J Award that year, which is a big uh, music industry award down in Australia. Probably the equivalent of a Grammy, maybe, huh? 
Probably. Yeah. Um, they also have the Aria Awards down there, which is which is a big deal, and he's won one of those. But there were two tracks from that album that were really big. One in particular that I really loved called Hearts a Mess, uh, which got on the Triple J's Hottest 100 of 2006. I mean, it was a big deal. This album ended up being even bigger than the first one. Um, and again, he's doing everything on his own, which is amazing. He sold 35,000 copies on his own, and there was a single that actually probably was the biggest song from that album called Learn a Little Given a Lovin' which was a, a big song Sounds in like 2006. Sounds yeah, like an old Loretta Lynn. Yeah, it's, it kind of has a country <laughs> twang to it but doesn't sound like that yeah. at all. It's much more of like an indie pop hit. Yeah. Award for Best Independent Release for that album, like Drawing Blood. And uh, he also won Most uh, Outstanding New Independent Artist by the Australian Independent Record uh, Chart Awards. I mean, this guy is a big deal down in Australia. And he's finally, I think, starting to get... I mean, it's been a number of years yeah. since he's been putting out music. It's been 10 years. And he's finally um, getting a little bit of attention over here in the States, which I think is really interesting and a, a little bit delayed, but still uh, exciting that hopefully he's going to get a distribution deal for this third album that he's put out called Making Mirrors and start doing stuff in the States because I've never seen him play over here. I don't know if anybody has, but he's got a song right now that... Uh, has a really cool music video that goes with it. Um, it's a song called Somebody That I Used to Know that's very artsy. And Yeah, I listened to that. That was my favorite from the CD. And uh, it was interesting because he plays like the vibraphone and stuff too. He's, a, I mean, he's not just a keep noodling on keyboards or anything like that. No. There's a lot of interesting stuff He going pulls on a lot of different elements into his music and, and makes it very unique and very much his own. But it is, it is like safe enough that he's got enough appeal to kind of uh, appeal to the masses, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not too indie for the scene, not too cool for the room, but a little bit edgier than a lot of the things that are coming out today, you know, in mainstream pop radio.
excited to see what's going on with this guy. You know, there's a couple of big celebrities that are big fans of him. Ashton Kutcher is a big fan. Lily Allen, they've been tweeting about him on their Twitter accounts about how much they like Gautier's music. He's got millions of millions of followers. If you go look up videos on YouTube, you'll see there's like 8 million hits on the YouTube video and tons of people following his Twitter account. So I am really excited to see this guy graduate and actually finally start to make it big in the States because I think next year, next spring, when he starts touring over here in in the States and when he actually gets a distribution deal and the album Making Mirrors comes out here, he is going to get huge really quickly and really fast. So it's going to be exciting. So look for the name Gautier. Gautier. Yes. Melanie Walker, thanks for dropping by. Thanks for having me, Bill. Mm, my pleasure. And let's go ahead and listen to a song, why don't we? Uh, I think we should actually play the song that everybody's talking about right now. This is Somebody That I Used to Know by Gautier. And here it is on Music Hits. music news for music lovers time now for the guest list where some of our favorite artists share some of the music they love with us so we're here with phil cook how you doing phil i'm doing great welcome welcome to the twin cities how's the tour going it's going so good Mm -hmm. we're just having a great time man just just uh it's really been wonderful so far one thing i notice about you guys is you're always smiling always having a good time what do you what do you credit that to you like you like life on the road we're, we're lucky to be here man every second that we're out doing this we just feel that um you know we or at least uh if we lose it you know, we keep ourselves in check enough to remember it quickly. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, mm-hmm. by the way, on the new self-titled album. You Thanks. recorded this one back at home here in Eau Claire, huh? Did so. Did. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you that get lots great. of home cooking? We did, man. Yep. We had a, just a great time. A lot of family meals every single night. Uh, it's just really wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful way to make a record. When you get along with your family, it's sure. a great way to make sure. a record. So let's cut to the chase. What you been digging? What are you listening to these days? Well, uh, so uh, I was thinking about this. Um, I'm a fall person when mm-hmm. autumn hits, uh, especially it's like I feel it in my blood that first day, you know, when you just really feel autumn in the air and just feel like it's the first day, whether or not it's on a calendar. And every time that happens, uh, um, everyone that knows me and my good friends know that um, I go and grab my copy of Angel Band by Amy Lou Harris. Uh, oh, that's an 80s album, isn't it's it? It's an 80s bluegrass mm-hmm. record that she made. It's all gospel tunes. And uh, I put that on, and that's officially my first day of fall. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I, the reason I love it is because uh, Vince Gill sings all the tenor harmonies with her. And for all the people I hear Emily, Emmy Lou uh, sing with over time, I just really think that that was the best match that's happened. Her and Vince Gill, Her and huh? Vince. Uh, and Vince is really young. He's like 30 or uh, his late 20s playing mandolin and singing these harmonies. And um just amazing it's it's just beautiful uh, everyone i've showed the record to is real surprised that it was made in the 80s and yeah. they just think it's wow it's a really great record um beautiful kind of that easy going kind of laid back bluegrass that gospel style mm-hmm. um so uh that's my that's my kind of go-to uh old fall record right what there. Uh, do you is there any particular song on there that you, it's your favorite or one, one that gets oh, you in particular man. Uh, they do Precious Memories, and it's just fantastic. Yeah, Gil just does this. Uh, Vince Gil does this amazing just line, this turn. That's just awesome. One other thing that you're listening to. One other thing. Well, it's funny. I have to talk about this because we're riding in a van with him and we can't listen to his record because he's in the van with us. But <laughs> if we were able to. Is that is that something that's off limits, listening to each other's music? Yeah, it's kind of. Well, I can, I can only imagine it would just make him uncomfortable <laughs> because the rate that we would be listening to his record is. So our touring companion is Doug Paisley, this guy from Toronto, Canada. Mm-hmm. And he made this record last year called Constant Companion. And it's really, it's been in our van. We listen to it. All the time. It's like when we get up in the van and hit the morning, like it's the first thing we go to. We always hit that record. We kind of like a. It's been so great to have him in the van. Yeah, because he's an amazing character. He's full of stories. He's really funny. It's like a great replacement if there was to be for not listening to his record. So uh, I have to talk about it because it's just on my mind in some subconscious way, I guess. So and quite quite a guest list he's got on that. I mean, he's got people yeah. like uh, Garth, Garth Hudson. Hudson. Yeah, from the band. Yeah, that's smoldering. Hammond organ oh, on, on the he's track. He's got stories about Garth that'll just blow yeah, your mind. Yeah, I can imagine. And uh, Leslie Feist yeah. appears on the album, and too. And her, her harmony singing on that record really reminds me of how Emmy Lou, some of Emmy Lou's really great stuff, that really ethereal kind of, mm-hmm. and really soulful. She sings really soulfully on it, too, behind him. Um, it's a perfect record, and I tell that to people. I've never, I don't ever describe a record that way, but uh, I really feel like it's a perfectly made record. Um, I can't I can't disagree with you. I'm a, yeah. big, a big fan of that. Just and, love uh, it. Yeah, it's really nice stuff. So, Phil Cook, thanks so much for dropping by. Thanks, Bill. And really what, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, what songs should we listen to from, from uh, Mr. Paisley's album? Oh, man. Uh, End of the Day. End of the Day. Yeah. 
All right. Thanks again for dropping by. That's Phil from Megafon. All right. Thanks, Phil. Gonna get by. Gonna get through. When the whale runs dry, I'm gonna cross to you. There's no up, there's no down, and there's no way around. At the end of the day, It's Music Heads from 89.3 The Current. Now it's time for the music meeting. I want to welcome our programming coordinator, Lindsay Kimball, to music meeting. How are you doing, Lindsay? I'm doing well, Bill. Thanks for having me here. My pleasure. And Jade, how are you doing, Jade? Oh, good, good. Having a great week. She's our weekend host. The Canadian artist known as Feist is back with her long-awaited follow-up to her The Reminder album, which sold over two and a half million copies and featured her monster hit One Two Three Four and earned her several Grammy nominations. Feist has been playing in the band Broken Social Scene for years and launched her solo career way back in 1999. Feist's new album is called Metals. It's kind of a bold album for her. She didn't cave after the success of The Reminder. She still sounds as though she made the album she wanted. Metals is kind of a dark, downbeat album. There aren't a lot of one, two, three, fours in this one. It's kind of an understated work, full of intriguing arrangements, influenced by blues and jazz, and always driven by her subtle and soulful voice. Here's a track from Feist called Undiscovered First on music heads. Shadows of the mountain Don't tell the words I The breath and the height Of an undiscovered first Shadows of the mountain Don't tell the words I is called Metals. Jade, is it working for you? You know, this album is one that you could easily put on when you're having some friends over for some casual background mm-hmm. music and just have a really enjoyable night with that to chat over. But I really think that would be giving this album a disservice. I think it's more something that if you have a friend who's going through a breakup, just got dumped, maybe give it to them and sit on the couch with them while they cuddle a pillow. <laughs> And just listen intensely to the lyrics and and feel sad and sort of uh, dwell in that a little bit uh, because this is not this isn't as gentle or I guess as upbeat as as her past stuff and it's it's got this really irregular beat going through the whole thing yeah and I think what I was most surprised by is the drums. Yeah, the drums sound really human, shall we say. Well, and she just, I just don't remember her using drums. It's usually uh, a guitar or a piano leading the beat, Mm -hmm. usually in her previous albums. And so I was really struck by the drums in this album throughout the entire thing. She also adds a lot of shouts. 
and more like I want to say a choir, but more collaborative singing in the background, yeah, it's which small has the same, choirs. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Has the same percussive personality that the drums do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I it's agree. all kind of waking you up. Any songs catch your ear, Jade? Um, you know, the bad in each other. Wow, that was. I don't know if she actually did go through a breakup, but if so, I think this would be a really telling song. Uh, just the lines, and I know this uh, caught a lot of people in the blogosphere as well when I was sort of researching the album, but when you comfort me, it doesn't bring me comfort actually is just such a really telling line about a relationship. And she has uh, just this way of singing, which is just the feist way of singing, I guess, where she doesn't actually finish all of the word. uh, And it sort of uh, glazes over and gives this lazy feel like she's almost over and done with it already and could, you know, is just so over this relationship. So I just, I found that uh, a really telling and haunting song. preface my answer by saying I've been a big fan of Feist for uh, her, her last two records or other two records uh, and the reminder was number one on my top 89 so I had huge high expectations when I first got this record I was very excited to hear it and I popped in I'm like is this gonna mean the same thing as the reminder meant to me I don't think that's possible though you liked it so much and you loved yeah you know, so yeah. I, I was really it hasn't it hasn't grabbed me quite yet as the reminder has but I think it's because this record is, it's definitely not the same record. Like you said, it's more percussive. Uh, she's darker. trying it's darker. darker. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, she's got, there's more syncopation. There's a lot of other stuff in here that, where she, you can tell there's a movement for it. It's not one, two, three, four, where she's got this cute little pop song that you can put against an iPod commercial. But what she does do is go a little bit deeper. You can tell she's growing as a musician, which is my mark of like yes I appreciate this and I think the one thing that stays true through the whole record is her voice and totally, totally. it's really a distinct instrument and is the centerpiece for for all of the songs and I think that's really what ties everything together in the end and still makes it a really solid record for me that I, I'll put it up there against the reminder it's just maybe a hair hair below yeah. but the songs that stand out for me for sure um, The Bad and Each Other like you said just kills it when it starts the record with that song mm-hmm. and then um but i like when she calms down a little bit and anti-pioneer is just a lullaby it is a gorgeous song that i think uh, i like how she contrasts her soft side with more of her louder side and the thing about that song that, uh, that really caught my ear and this is new to me with hearing feist music is is i hear blues 
Yeah. I don't know that I've heard blues with their music before. It has that bluesy guitar and uh, very stark and slightly dark. That, that to me, was one of the highlights as well. Yeah, she does a good job being sparse, like yeah. having very minimal guitar, minimal drum, and mostly just her voice, but still making it feel kind of full, yeah. like it's, it's not missing anything. thing about this album is she's not out for the big money grab. She could have really cashed it in. She waited four years. Mm-hmm. And and she comes back with a really subtle, you know, really artist-driven sort of record that really is doesn't seem like she's out to be, you know, like like maybe one, two, three, four isn't who she really is. No. I mean, yeah, she seems like she wants to be an artist. That's more important than being a, you know, mega-selling pop star, which to me is pretty great. Yeah, I got that vibe too where it was like, all right, she's going to keep growing. She's more concerned about what making music that she's proud of rather than making something that will make a ton of money. Lindsay, Jade, thanks so much for dropping by for Music Heads. Thank yeah, you. Mm-hmm. Fun. The album is called Metals from Feist. I went up to the window, light the rain on the symbols. I leaped into the night, came storming to your eyes. My horse had worked the fields too long. Is in that calm It's true enough for not at peace But peace is never what it seems Our love is not the light it was When I walk inside the dark I'm gone And why we look for where it went It's only echoes in the melody of It's Music Heads, music news for music lovers. Time now for the essentials, where we let you know what records are must-haves to any Music Heads collection. And to join me with the essentials is Mary Lucia. Mary, what do you want to talk about today? DeVille, one of my favorite bands of all time, and that would be Spoon. They put out a lot of records. I just mm-hmm. have to tell you that when, when music sort of turned in the early 2000s, it was all Limp Biscuit and that kind of music. I definitely remember consciously saying, Music is not for me right now. Yeah. Then bands like the White Stripes and the Hives and Spoon came along. Yeah, 2001, around that era. Unbelievable. Things started to change, didn't they? Turned they for the totally better, finally. Re- yeah. Restored my faith in music. And Spoon is a band that has just put out quality records. They're on the Merge label, which I just think ensures quality. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gimme Fiction is the one that I want to highlight because it's just almost perfect from beginning to end. It's the fifth album from them. They released it in 2005. And they had a whole bunch of uh, their tunes were featured on different TV shows. I turned my camera on, Sister Jack. But it's Spoon is just one of those bands that I feel like they're making music for me.
And you know, they, they're one of those bands that have that thing that not every band has, but they know a groove. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. They know a groove, and Britt Daniel is an amazing front person for this band because yeah. he's really charismatic, and people have often compared him to being like Buddy Holly. And I don't know huh, if it's that's just... an interesting comparison. Yeah, I know. It's sort of his stage presence and persona. And uh, he is from Austin, Texas. Yeah, they're both Texans. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what it they're is. They're both tall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he is truly one of those uh, front people that he's a multi-instrumentalist. In fact, on Gimme Fiction plays just about every instrument. Piano's really featured kind of prominently within a lot of the tunes, but they're just catchy as all heck. So yeah. love it. thing about about this band is it seems like this was the album where they'd just gotten off of the, the major label mm-hmm. you know they were on Electra and that didn't go so well for the band early on no and I think they were probably smart then to go yeah. you know here's merge here's a smaller label but a quality label and yeah I think things sort of turned around and actually they got a little bit more acclaim than they did even on the major mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to mention that uh, you know when I first started to listen to this band I heard so much piano that I didn't really think it was for me. Yeah. And, and then, then I came around on them because I learned about the fact they have a groove and they, they just and they write some good songs too. Brett has a way with words. He really does. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's a groove. You don't have to be in a funk band to have a groove. And they certainly yeah. aren't a funk band, but they have, they know where the, the sweet spot is in a song. And they even have some songs on, the, on Gimme Fiction that kind of are a little jammy and that's not necessarily my cup of tea but the songs that are just those perfect three minute pop tunes they excel at that How did you discover the band's 
You know, I think it was uh, from listening to college radio because at that time, again, like I said, radio and music was just this vast wasteland of limp biscuits. And so I heard it on the college station. And like I said, it just renewed my faith and I went and got all their earlier records. But this is probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. And this thing about this album, too, is it came out a few months after The Current signed on the airwaves. So this yes. was like a big album. It was like the first really great album that came out after The Current signed on the airwaves. That is a good point. I will always think of the very earliest days of The Current when I hear any of these tunes. Mm-hmm. And you know, another thing, another little fast figure that I learned just recently through our program director, Jim McGuinn, mm-hmm. in the five and a half years we've been on the air, who do you think we've played? Actually, it's six and a half now. Who do you think we played the most? The Shins? Nope. Spoon? Spoon. <laughs> Get out of here. Really? Yes, yeah, Spoon. That's amazing. Well, they have so much material to yep. pick from, and uh, that's really an interesting little stat. Yeah, and the fact is, too, that they put out, you know, three or four new albums in the six and a half years we've been on the air, too, so that doesn't hurt as well. And exactly. you play five songs from every album because mm-hmm. they're all good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice choice, Mary. Thank you, Dale. What do you think we should uh, play to wrap it up with? Let's play uh, I Turn My Camera On. Oh, very nice. It's the essentials here on Music Heads. Give me fiction, the Spoon album from 2005. Flies, goodness. It's been Music Heads from 89.3 The Current and Minnesota Public Radio. I want to thank my colleagues for contributing to the show, including Melanie Walker, Lindsay Kimball, our in-the-studio host Jade, and to Mary Lucia. Big props to Phil Cook at the band Megaphone for chatting with me about the music he's been grooving on. And as always, special thanks to executive producer Melanie Walker and to Derek Stevens for his moral support and to our intern, Alex Wright. Thanks to members of Minnesota Public Radio and The Current for making shows like this one happen. And thanks to you for listening. Find us at thecurrent.org slash musicheads. We'll wrap up this week's show with a sneak peek of a track from the legendary Kate Bush, who has her first album in six years on the way called 50 Words for Snow, which is expected in late November. We're going to check out a track called Wild Man, and we'll catch you in a week for another installment of Music Heads. Lying in the